0: M-S-W-Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, December 24th, 2021. Today, Donald Trump files his appeal to the Supreme Court in his bid to block the National Archives from handing documents over to the 1-6 Committee. An hour later, the House filed for an expedited ruling in the same case. Kim Potter is found guilty on both counts of manslaughter. Biden backs a voting rights filibuster exception. And Madison Cawthorn's earthly vessel files for a divorce after just 21 Scaramucci's. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Amy Carrero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 21 scaramuchis <laughs> with the earthen vessel. Um, ha- happy Christmas Eve, if you're a Christmaser.
1: Yeah, happy Christmas Eve or happy noche buena. Feliz noche buena.
0: Nice, nice. That sounds so, that sounds lovely. That sounds way better than, you know, Merry Christmas Eve. It me. does
1: sound nice, but then usually if you're from the Latin Persuasion, or I should say the, the Caribbean Latin Persuasion, you'd be ho- roasting a whole pig in the backyard, so... Not so nice for the pig.
0: Mm. No, bad for the pig. Bad, for the bad the news for the pig. Yeah. pig. For real. Um, today is going to be an interesting show. We have some uh, tasty schadenfreude. Amy, you get to deliver that good news. Yum. And I have two chats today with a couple of lawyers. First of all, Michael Cohen's attorney in the lawsuit that uh, he just filed against the former guy in the Bureau of Prisons and, and uh, William Barr. And uh, that attorney's name is Andy Laufer, good friend. And then uh, uh, Fox News Slayer, Ethan Bearman, who is the host of the Law Junkie podcast. We're going to talk about uh, Kim Potter and um, the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Mm. So stick around for that. And then, of course, we got good news at the end. So it's going to be it's going to be a good show. And uh, we do have a lot of news to get to. Uh, I thought it might be a slow news day. It was not. Mm -mm. No, no. And, uh, you know, we record this as Friday's episode. We recorded on Thursday. I'm interested to see what happens Friday. Usually the Friday news dump is is pretty, pretty big. But, you know, it is going to be Christmas Eve, so we'll see what happens. But uh, let's get to the news today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. The former guy appealed to the Supreme Court on Thursday to block the release of documents from his White House to the House committee investigating the January 6th riot at the Capitol escalating his effort to keep about 700 pages of records secret. Hours after Trump's request was filed, the House committee asked the justices to expedite their consideration of the request with a proposed schedule that would allow the court to say by the middle of next month, January, whether it was going to take up the case. The committee, which is charged with investigating the U.S. Capitol attack to provide recommendations for preventing such assaults in the future, seeks the documents as it explores Trump's role in trying to overturn the election. That includes his appearance at the January 6th rally when he directed followers to go to the Capitol where lawmakers were set to certify the election results and, quote, fight for their country. The documents are currently held by the National Archives. In filing submitted to SCOTUS on Thursday, Trump asked the justices to take up a full review of the case And he requested that while they consider his position, they put a hold on the lower court decision permitting the disclosure of his records while they consider taking up the case because he's stupid and he doesn't realize that his appeal automatically extends that stay. Uh, At issue are hundreds of documents, including activity logs, schedules, speech notes, Mark Meadows notes, and three pages of handwritten notes from him, from Meadows. Paperwork that could reveal the goings-on inside the West Wing as Trump supporters gathered goings-on, the shenanigans. The shenanigans.
1: It's just all like doodles of like stick figures, like, here's Mark. The
0: ballyhoo, yeah. (laughs) The ballyhoo and goings-on. Disrupting the certification of the 2020 vote, we know that. The records could answer some of the most closely guarded facts of what happened between Trump and other high-level officials, including those under siege on Capitol Hill on January 6th. Trump is also seeking to keep secret a draft proclamation honoring two police officers who died in the siege and memos and other documents about supposed election fraud and efforts to overturn Trump's loss of the presidency. I <laughs> love the way they put that.
1: Good grief. That's a lot. Again, is he representing himself? Like, I don't understand. Where are they getting? I don't know. It seems like no one knows what they're doing.
0: No, he's got terrible. He's got terrible lawyers. It,
1: it just because what? No one will take this up?
0: I I that's what I It's got to be
1: that, right? Cuz like come on. If there's if there's an argument to have, someone will have it. But if there isn't, then you'll just get the worst of the worst. <laughs> Um, mm. anyway, President Joe Biden says he supports making an exception to the Senate filibuster rules in order to pass voting rights legislation. If the only thing standing between getting voting rights legislation passed and not getting it passed is the filibuster, I support making the exception of voting rights for the filibuster, Biden told ABC News' David Mu- Muir, Muir, I never know how to say that, mm. um, in an interview that aired Thursday morning. It's the most direct answer Biden has given on his position on the filibuster and voting rights. CNN's Anderson Cooper asked Biden in a CNN town hall in November, when it comes to voting rights, just so I'm clear, though, you would entertain the notion of doing away with the filibuster on that one issue. Is that correct? And he said, and maybe more. Ooh. Uh, since Democrats won a slim majority in Congress, Republicans have blocked several Democratic-sponsored bills that seek to expand voting access and aim to end voter suppression, arguing that the proposal are, proposals are a federal power grab. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, likely story. That's led mm-hmm. some progressive Democrats and activists to demand an end to the filibuster rule, which requires 60 votes to advance p- most re- legislation in order to pass federal... Voting rights protections, but Democrats also don't have the votes they need in the Senate to change the filibuster due to the position from members of their own party, <laughs> including <laughs> um, Senators Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona. Mm. In a letter sent to Democratic colleagues dated Monday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced that the Senate will consider voting rights legislation once Congress resumes in January as early as the first week back.
0: Hmm. Ah, all right. Fingers crossed. here's hoping. Yeah. Here's hoping. And some justice. The former police officer who fatally shot a man in Minneapolis in the suburbs after seeming to mistake her gun for her taser was convicted of two counts of manslaughter on Thursday, a rare guilty verdict Mm -hmm. for a police officer that's likely to send her to prison for years. The jury deliberated across four days before agreeing on guilty verdicts from Kimberly Potter. She's the 49-year-old white woman who testified she had never fired a gun on the police force in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, until she shot a single bullet into the chest of Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man who had been driving to a car wash in April. Judge Regina Chu ordered that Ms. Potter be immediately sent to prison and her deputies deputies uh, led her out of the courtroom in handcuffs, as one of the relatives shouted, Love you, Kim, oh boy. as the verdict was read. Ms. Potter looked down briefly and then glanced at the jurors, but did not appear to cry, as she did when she testified earlier in the trial. Judge Chu will sentence Ms. Potter at a hearing scheduled for February. The standard sentence for the most serious charge, first-degree manslaughter, is a little over seven years in prison, and the maximum penalty is 15 years. Prosecutors have indicated they will ask the judge to hand down a longer-than-average prison term, and Miss Potter's lawyers are likely to ask for sentencing below the standard range. And to me, this was a, a, su- a surprising verdict, mm-hmm. but the correct one. I didn't think they were going to be able to get her on first degree manslaughter, but they did. And Dante Wright's mother, Katie Bryant, said of the verdict today, Minnesota has shown that police officers are not going to continue to pull their gun instead of their taser. And we made this happen. You made this happen, and Dante Wright made this happen. And finally, we have Amy with a little Schadenfreude. Stop.
1: Ha ha ha, my favorite, a schadenfreude. Ah, okay. (laughs) From Mark Fraunfelder at Boing Boing, Christina Cawthorn is divorcing her husband, Madison, a notorious pathological liar, racist interactionist, and alleged sex pest after having been married for just eight months. Cawthorn, (laughs) who likens women to earthen vessels... Blames his hard work on the Capitol for the break. Okay, what? What? That makes no sense, Madison. Make it make sense. A real estate investor before running for office, Cawthorn has been called a rising star of the Republican Party, but has also stirred up plenty of controversy since stepping into the political limelight, for including for a racist campaign statement about Senator Cory Booker and voting to overturn the 2020 election, despite no evidence of widespread fraud. A friend has also disputed Cawthorn's claim that he was abandoned to die in a fiery tomb after being seriously injured as a passenger in a car crash that left him paralyzed when they were teenagers. They, uh, there have also been allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct made against Cawthorn by women who attended Patrick Henry College with him. Four women told BuzzFeed News that Cawthorn behaved in an aggressive, misogynistic, and predatory manner while attending classes there. Cawthorn has previously denied ever doing anything sexually inappropriate.
0: Yeah, they they were like, there were warnings, like, don't go in a car ride with him. He, he was the leader of, of what people called the douche crew when oh he was boy. at Patrick Henry College.
1: I mean, um, yeah. Uh, you know what really got me also with the pictures of him? in like Hitler's vacation home like Mm -hmm. bucket list like what that's their that's your bucket list dude I don't know just bad vibes all around
0: yeah it's gross many many believe he should be forced to carry his marriage to term (laughs) yeah after splitting only after only 21 scaramuchis so there we have it that's your schadenfreude today thank you Amy everybody we'll be right back with a couple interviews with some amazing lawyers Michael Cohen's attorney Andy Laufer and Law Junkie podcast host Ethan Behrman, stay with us. Hey everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans. Can you even guess how many hours we spend? Inactive, just sitting at our desks or on the couch watching TV, staring at screens. A sedentary lifestyle is very unhealthy. It's very bad for your circulation. But what if we could turn those inactive times into opportunities to burn calories and stay moving? That's exactly what I'm doing thanks to my new QB. That's C-U-B-I-I. It is a compact elliptical unit that fits right under my desk or right in front of my couch so I could be pedaling my feet And getting a workout and keeping my joints moving while I'm sitting and watching TV or at my computer. In fact, I'm using it right now and you cannot hear it because it is whisper quiet. It's very easy on your joints, low impact. And a recent clinical study shows it helps burn 84% more energy than just sitting alone. We all say I'd work out more if I had more time. Well, QB makes it easy to burn calories while you're relaxing and stay active anytime from virtually anywhere. It's awesome, and it's also perfect for anyone who might be housebound or otherwise needs something to help improve circulation and keep active. So if you have a parent or a loved one who has limited mobility and needs a way, like a low-impact way, to stay healthy, QB would be a great gift. I love my QB. I know you will, too. You can take advantage of QB's 30-day risk-free in-home trial and turn your least active times into your most productive opportunities to stay healthy. Visit QB.com beans to find the QB elliptical model that's right for you. That's QB, C-U-B-I-I dot com slash beans. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. I'm joined by my friend uh, who is uh, at the Laufer Law Firm and is one of the two lawyers that is has prepared and filed the lawsuit uh, against Donald Trump for Michael Cohen. And it's not just Donald Trump, is it, Andy? Welcome, by the way.
2: Thanks for having me, Allison. I appreciate being here.
0: It's, it's so good to see you, and it's good to talk to you. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Yes. And then I, I found out you were one of the two, the two lawyers behind this lawsuit, and I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. So let's, let's dig into it. Uh, who, who are you suing?
2: So we're suing um, Donald Trump, obviously, uh, Bill Barr, and, and a number of other um, uh, federal bureau of prison um, and uh, federal parole uh, personnel. And uh, the crux of the suit is essentially uh, retaliation for, um, uh, you know, Michael Cohen's um, exercising, lawful exercising of his First Amendment rights.
0: Right, and um, let's let's remind everyone of the story um, that uh, I'm sure we all know. But when Michael Cohen's book was about to come out, all of a sudden he there were requests to remand him back to prison isn't is is, tell us a little bit about kind of how his rights were pretty much just like absolutely eviscerated
2: right so basically what happened here was michael was serving time um up at Otisville. um you know no issues uh really to speak of up there and because of the covid uh emergency he was granted furlough due to his um you know having comorbidities you know bureau prisons agreed that he would fit under the criteria based upon what former AG Barr uh, issued in two memorandum. So uh, based upon that, on the furlough being granted, he was sent. You know, he was allowed to go home. Uh, obviously, you know, home confinement. After thirty days, they were going to um, switch him over to full home confinement. So you know, you're on furlough, and then you go to full home confinement. They put an ankle monitor on you, and and all those fun things. So really, all it is is paperwork. Someone comes to your home where you are and you fill out the paperwork, they put another monitor on you, they do whatever they need to do and they go and you just adhere to what the terms of your home confinement are. In this particular instance, what happened was instead of just having someone go to his apartment in Manhattan, he was ordered by BOP to go down to their offices in downtown Manhattan. At that time, uh, he was presented with an agreement which governs all home confinement arrangements uh, with, a, with a special added paragraph in there, which is never included, essentially forbidding him from engaging in social media, discussing anything with press about his case or anything else, things of that nature, totally strangling his, his ability to you know exercise his rights and, and, and speak freely about whatever he chooses to speak about. Now, prior to all this, he was on social media like Twitter and things of that, pitching his book, you know, would discuss Donald Trump and, and all the inner things that he would engage in, um, discriminatory things, embarrassing things that he, he was privy to. And, you know, say this on Twitter and, and put hashtag, we'll speak soon. So after all this, they, ha- they had put this paragraph into the agreement. Michael refused to, to, to sign it. And, you know, can we negotiate this? And when they went back to their supervisors to allegedly further negotiate it, none of that really happened. Um, uh, one of the defendants that we've named w- said, we're violating you, put him in cuffs, knowing that he has all these comorbid- comorbidities and we're, not, we're in the height of a, of a viral pandemic that's, you know, thousands of people are dying a day. And they knew that his, his risk for, for death would, and, 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 and illness was significantly higher shipped him back to uh, Otisville first he went he was supposed to go to MCC then he went to MDC they kept him there for a while in Brooklyn and then they they shipped him back up to Otisville now his attorney at the time filed a habeas petition went before Judge Hellerstein Hellerstein couldn't Judge Hellerstein couldn't believe what happened here said throughout his order that in my 21 years sitting on the bench I've never seen any kind of retaliation ruled that all the defendants named in that habeas petition Trump wasn't named in it, but Barr and everyone else that we've named, you know, retaliated against Michael for exercising his First Amendment rights under the Constitution, set him free immediately. So that is the basis. I know it's a little long winded here, but that is the basis for our uh, lawsuit against uh, these individuals under um, a Bivens cause of action. And we also have uh, Federal Tort Claims Act claims against the United States as a whole.
0: Yeah. And that's all that is actually extremely familiar to me, Andy, because, as you know, I got notices and recommendations about updates to the Hatch Act after my podcast started about restricting my ability to use social media And to, you know, actually wasn't allowed to use Trump's name specifically. Uh, Some tried, you know, tried, they tried to update the Hatch Act without sending it through Congress, just executive order stuff, you know,
2: like something like, like authoritarians do things like that.
0: Yes. And, you know, and then they had given me this uh, telework agreement that said, you know, I I had to be at my desk at home. I couldn't leave. If my little You know, messenger dot turned from green to yellow. That was a violation. I had to answer all phone calls within five rings. It wasn't allowed to go to voicemail. I had like just absolutely ridiculous overbroad and overbearing um, telework agreement requirements. And I've been teleworking for a really long time. It just all of a sudden changed. And I refused to sign them, and and Good. and here we are today. I no yeah. longer, and, I no longer work. And you were
2: out. victorious, and thank God, you know, you stuck it out. You, you, it worked out for you. I'm so
3: happy for you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, when we stayed, you know, we stayed in the agency. Yeah, the, this this is an amazing lawsuit, and I'm, and you know, personally because of I, I know what I've been through, and on a much smaller scale, I was not Donald Trump's personal fixer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but that kind of shows how much he retaliates, like how far these tentacles go yeah. for retaliation, a podcast, you know? And so, how can it be anything but clear that he would do this to Michael Cohen, who was about to drop a best selling book? Right. And we
2: enumerated two, at least two other examples in our complaint, you know, what he did to his niece, Mary Trump, and uh, what he did to. Um, Mustache. Oh, John Bolton. John Bolton. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he did the same thing there. So he has a pattern of practice of doing it. You're another excellent example of that. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. It's exactly (laughs) primarily why I entered, you know, you know, the law and practicing this type of law. I mean, this is, this is the epitome of what we need to fight. Um, You know, it may start out like this and, you know, comparatively speaking, we're not being thrown, well, in Michael's case, he was thrown in jail, but we're not being beaten or shot yet. But that's, you know, I mean, how far with, with, with a Trump-like personality would you have, um, how far down the road would that be? You know what I'm saying? If we, if we get to that point where he's allowed to get away with these things, you know, if, if people, if, the, if, if, if we didn't have judges like Judge Hellerstein or, the, you know, the judicial branch to rule repeatedly against them, to stand up to him and not be cowed or or intimidated in any way by him. So you know thank God that things worked out for you and I'm and I'm I'm hopeful that things are going to work out for us as well because it, it, you know this, it, we can't stand idly by and let allow things like this to occur.
0: I think they should. Andy McCabe is another uh great example. Yeah. Um and he you know he was able to to get his retirement um, for the retaliatory firing mm-hmm. uh, t- hours before his his retirement was supposed to kick in. So Michael Cohen's no longer in, in prison. Uh, the book is out. So what is the prayer for relief? What are the damages that you're looking for? Well, look,
2: we're, we're looking for compensation for his, you know, you know, obviously there's a civil rights compensation there, but also for his time that he spent in lockup. Uh, you know, he was in solitary for for a number of days, for, for weeks even. And part of that, you know, was the COVID protocol, but he would never have had to go through that had they not retaliated against him. So we find that they're going to be responsible for that. You know, there's 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 innumerable things that they did here, um, which I feel that are worth a significant amount of money.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree, and and I wish you uh, the best, and I hope you'll keep us posted as to how this moves along. Uh, I'm I'm assuming there's going to be, I it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good lawyers left over in mm-hmm. Trumpville. Um, no. you know, with the with this Michael Flynn, um, really sad petition for an emergency. Oh. Uh, restraining order and he failed to show injury or harm he didn't even notify the other side he was doing it like all like i am a stronger lawyer than the (laughs) the lawyer a much much stronger and i'm not and i'm not even one so it i'm i'm interested to see what sort of pre-trial motions to dismiss they might or not pre-trial, but motions to dismiss, they might file. uh...
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a 12B1, 12B6, um, you know, FRCP motion to dismiss that. Um, I'm assuming DOJ is going to deal with it, Uh, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm fairly certain they'll deal with it, and this, this thing is getting tossed out. There's no basis you know these lawsuits they, they're, they're there to scare people and they think it's going to drag things out but it really isn't they found, fi- like i said yesterday on twitter they finally got smart and asked for a tro but they didn't even do that right i mean i can't believe we've been years and years and years and no one's asking for a tro i mean there's no obligation for congress to stop you know doing you know their investigation if there's no tro and there's no way a judge is a federal judge is going to you know jump in on something like this because it's a, it's a political act by Congress and separation of powers, and there's nothing here for for a judge to really issue a ruling on that uh, he or she would have a right to. So, yeah.
0: and there's a, a million judges who have said that this is a a lawful official proceeding. This is a lawful. The the committee is has the authority. It's lawfully put together. And and you're right. Yeah. If judges start telling Congress what they can and can't do, right. that's Worry, yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah,
2: no, that's wor- that would be worrisome. You know, I mean, that's the thing here. The center must hold. I always say that, you know, each branch has their role. I don't want the executive, you know, overtaking the legislative responsibilities, and I don't want, you know, legislative taking over judicial and vice versa. I, it, let's, you know, we all have our, we, they all have their, their boundaries there and they need to adhere to them.
0: Yeah, I just wish of the three branches that the contempt branch, the contempt uh, rules for the for Congress were equal to that yeah. of the judicial or the executive. But here we are. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I thank you for your time today. We'll keep we'll keep uh, I'll keep in touch because I, I'm really interested to see how this goes and and wish you the best. Thank you so much,
2: Allison. It was great to be here.
0: Thanks, Andy Laufer. We'll be right back. Everybody, stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans, and I have an important question for you. Are you getting enough? I'm sure you would love more. Well, lovely listeners, our sponsor today, AdamandEve.com, wants to give you more, with 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping on your entire order. For more than 50 years, AdamandEve.com has built a reputation as a trusted and reliable adult toy store that takes pleasure and privacy seriously. So when you want to shop erotic toys or gifts, AdamandEve.com has it all. For men, women, straight, gay, anywhere in between, everyone, Adam and Eve has something you're looking for. They have an amazing variety of erotic products. So what do you have to do to get your 50% off one item and free shipping? It's not hard. Just go to adamandeve.com, select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, maybe something to wear, anything you desire. And just enter offer code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get 50% off almost any item. Go check out adamandeve.com today. Select one item, get 50% off, including free shipping when you enter the code DAILYBEANS. You know it, D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S, at adamandeve.com. We've heard about getting stuff out in time for the holidays, so do your shopping now. Don't wait, and go to adamandeve.com now. Shop now, shop early, and hurry while supplies last. Everybody, welcome back. I'm joined today by the host of the Law Junkie podcast, my friend Ethan Behrman. Ethan, Hello.
3: (laughs) Can't believe you're having me on the show. It is just such an honor to be here, and uh, it's it's great to talk to you. Um, I mean, really, it I'm I'm honored that you've invited me on. This is great. I'm so excited.
0: The honor is all mine, Fox Slayer. If if people aren't familiar with your work, frequently see you on Fox, just tearing into people um, with, you know excellent arguments and pushback and it's it's fun to watch it's fun to watch you work sir
3: thank you i appreciate that it is a sometimes a thankless job but i just received thanks so thank you for that
1: yeah, you're welcome
0: so when i went to bed last night well i before i was woken up by the skunk incident of 2021 <laughs> um I, there were three juries deliberating there was the hmm. elizabeth holmes K, uh, kim potter and Ghislaine maxwell Woke up this morning, sort of, after the skunk incident, and we got a verdict in in the Kim Potter trial, and a verdict, honestly, that I don't think many people were expecting. She was found guilty on both counts, first degree and second degree, manslaughter. Uh, I... I honestly thought they wouldn't get the first degree charge but the jury came back with with a guilty verdict. I was wondering what your top line thoughts were on that news that is just now breaking.
3: Yeah, just breaking as as you and I are are sitting down together here. I I am bluntly shocked on the first degree um conviction, first-degree manslaughter which which is different from homicide um where you're committing an act with the knowledge that you're going with the intent to take somebody's life. Manslaughter means that you didn't necessarily mean to take somebody's life. And Minnesota has a specific statute on this, um, intentionally causing the death of another person in the heat of passion um, that, in other jurisdictions, is called a, a depraved heart murder as well. So they call it first-degree manslaughter in Minnesota. But There are five different types. Um, The issue here that I was a little concerned about is I don't believe that I had seen the evidence, and and now I didn't see everything in in the Kim Potter trial, that showed the premeditation there, that that it was an intent to kill, and that is the difference between first degree and second, second degree. Second degree means that you acted negligently, which resulted in the death of somebody. That I can absolutely see. Um, but first, degree the concern that I would have my just this is my gut reaction because the news just broke um, is I worry that their police officers look while there are all kinds of reforms that need to happen within law enforcement in the United States this idea that all cops are bad is a bad one and it's a wrong take uh, many good police officers out there I've known many over the years and. If you're going to put them in a dangerous situation, because we do have criminals that are heavily armed in our major cities in particular, like Minneapolis included.
0: Especially with the rise of militant groups and extremist groups, domestic uh, terrorist groups, uh, white supremacists, etc., That's where my my concern comes in.
3: Yeah. And so cops have to be able to defend themselves. And it's the reason we haven't gone the UK approach of cops not having firearms, because We have over 300 million guns in circulation in our country, and there is a subset of people, and I grew up in Minneapolis, by the way, and I remember the murder and assassination of a police officer named Jerry Hoff. It was a gang initiation murder of an officer, and they they literally walked in and murdered the police officer as part of a, a, a gang initiation. Officers have to be armed in our country, right, wrong, or other. I wish there were no guns, so they didn't have to be armed, like in the UK. Um, But we do have them, and and officers have to be able to defend themselves. And if they have to now think twice or three times in the heat of the moment, whether or not they're going to be able to defend themselves, I believe we're going to have an even harder time recruiting what you and I might believe to be the right kind of police police officer. I think that's a deeply problematic outcome of a, first-degree manslaughter charge, uh, conviction, excuse me, in this case.
0: Well, I imagine that this um, ruling will be appealed. I, I have uh, yet to look at the-
3: Automatic appeal, by the way.
0: I'm just wondering if they might have a more of a chance than something in like the Chauvin trial, for example, to win on this. Um, you and I have a little bit different uh, view on uh, on this, but um, I'm interested to, to see what happens on appeal.
3: Yeah. I, and, and again, there, there's another example that I thought was going to be the example going into this case. So in San Francisco, um, gosh, was that almost 10 years ago now, uh, a young African-American man, Oscar Grant, was uh, in uh, on a BART station, Bay Area Rapid Transit, and a BART officer Um, did the same exact thing that Kim Potter claimed here, which was, I thought I was grabbing my taser. I accidentally grabbed my firearm. And in that case, Oscar Grant, again, was killed. Um, But the jury did not convict the officer because there is a reasonableness in the heat of the moment that an officer could make that kind of mistake. Now, I don't think that that's a good Mm. excuse, but it's a reasonable is the standard. Uh, under our existing legal system, and it's reasonable that the officer would grab the wrong weapon,
0: right? And that's that's sort of where my difference lies. There is, yes. I don't, I don't see how she could have uh, mistaken her her taser for her gun. Uh, but does that rise to the standard, the criminal standard of proving right. a first degree? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I was frankly concerned that they wouldn't get the verdict on the first degree charge, but they would on the second, and negligent homicide. Um, so this is um, this is a different outcome, I think, than most people were expecting. I, I will, I can say that with confidence.
3: Well, and and remember, I think it's really important that it is very rare that we convict officers for killing somebody, and it is very rare in this country. And so there is this is new territory. Uh, Derek Chauvin now uh, convicted for the murder of George Floyd, uh, Kim Potter now has been convicted for the uh, first degree manslaughter of dante Wright. so this is an interesting new pattern and it's going to be very you know this the greater societal changes that are happening this is going to be an interesting one now to see this pattern happening in minnesota and if it's going to change behaviors are we going to have fewer police shootings as a result
0: i hope so i hope that is the yeah me too i hope that is the outcome now on law junkie You are focusing pretty hardcore, well, Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever, that lady's crazy guilty, but (laughs) you're focused on the Elizabeth Holmes trial, and uh, and so I I wanted you to maybe give a brief sort of breakdown about what the case is, how you felt uh, the prosecution and defense did, and what you're expecting, what the charges are, and what kind of verdict you're expecting in the Elizabeth Holmes trial.
3: It's very interesting. Yeah. On Law Junkie show, we um, jumped on the Elizabeth Holmes trial because it's a fascinating one. I'm going to rewind in time just a little bit. I used to be on the air with a radio show in San Francisco and I watched Theranos kind of explode onto the scene. And I have a friend, uh, my best friend, one of my best friends, his wife used to work in a blood testing lab. And so when Theranos broke on the scene, I'm like, there's so much cult of personality going on here. I hate it. Um, I'm suspicious anytime I see that. And I would kind of pick on Theranos on the air in San Francisco back in 2014. This was before John Kerry expose in the Wall Street Journal that kind of ended everything ultimately for Theranos. And on Law Junkie Show, we decided to pick up this case because it's fascinating. This is so different from so many other cases. And interestingly enough, we're talking about three women defendants today. Um, and and that alone makes me a little curious. You know, um, Silicon Valley has a tremendous track record of mostly male um, entrepreneurs who successfully raise a ton of money based on i don't want to call it vaporware but future promises which our society allows our federal trade commission allows a lot of leeway in terms of how we market things that it, um, it's called uh, in the legal realm we call that puffery and um it's it, it, so it's fascinating elizabeth holmes dropped out of stanford to start this revolutionary new company called Theranos that based on a single finger poke and a drop of blood was going to be able to test just about anything where somebody like I, who went in for a full battery of tests ordered by the doctor the other day, had to draw five (laughs) vials of blood to send off to the labs. And so this was going to change everything. And she had this pedigree, and Stanford and a a professor at Stanford who was kind of a guide who led her into this. And then she got the most wealthy and powerful people in the world to fund it from the Drapers in the hedge fund world to the Larry Ellisons, George Shultz, Rupert Murdoch, name a wealthy, powerful person they invested. This thing was valued at up to $9 billion, but she wasn't able to necessarily do everything she was promising. And so it blew up. There was an SEC settlement related to uh, the way she communicated with investors. That was a civil trial. And then for the last couple of years, the US attorney in the Northern District of California has been working on this case and its criminal charges against Elizabeth Holmes and then her basically her partner, because he was actually her romantic partner as well as helping run the company. Sonny Balwani will have a separate trial starting, I think, in about a month is when his trial starts. Uh, Four, wire fraud against the investors, a separate count of wire fraud against the doctors, and another count of wire fraud against the patients, and then conspiracy to commit those same Wire frauds. It was it was a grand total of 11 counts against her. And this reminds District me of, of uh,
0: currently right now uh, also being investigated, I think, in the yeah, in the D.C. U.S. attorney's office with uh, Sidney Powell raising 14 million dollars for her <laughs> defend the republic packs so a 501 C3 501 C4 matching set um, for wire fraud defrauding, basically raising money based on lies. Hers was the big lie, obviously, you know, quote unquote, the big lie. Uh, which is what it will be known uh, as from from now until attorney kind of i'm a cleveland browns fan so i know what the fumble and the drive are so this is the big lie uh and that's the (laughs) same kind of this is uh, well I, i should ask this is the same sort of fraud case right because she defrauded funders by through misinformation
3: well, that's the allegation, and the jury is deliberating it as we are talking today still, and I think they might even get a whole week off. There was a jury was off the uh, the other day. We don't know exactly why that was. Um, what's also interesting in the Elizabeth Holmes case is the jury asked to take the jury instructions home, and of course, uh, the judge in this case, depending on how you hear it pronounced, Judge Davila, or Davila um, in San Jose, California, he said, absolutely not. What what the key here with wire fraud is 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 it has a very it's a U.S. code what the what the crime is, and I want to talk about this for a second because while you might hate Elizabeth Holmes and you think she did wrong, this is a criminal trial. It's not a civil trial, so you have the the pro all of the proof is is it's on the prosecution to present evidence at trial for the jury to see. And the jury must conclude on each element of the crime on each one of the charges counts against Elizabeth Holmes. The prosecution only using the evidence as presented at trial, not what you heard, not what you read from John Kerry not what you saw on Netflix, only the admitted evidence at trial the prosecution has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. That's like, what, what, what's talked about is that's greater than 95% uh, sure that this is what happened. Meaning, even if, even if you think, well, you know, maybe Elizabeth Holmes really didn't, then so, you can't find so her guilty. So she would have Period. to have
0: known she was lying, and you have to prove that with corrupt intent. And and I'm I'm going to keep using this Sydney Powell case as a uh, as a um, yeah as as something else we can refer to that we're all well versed in uh, at least the listeners of this this program uh, proving that she knew she was lying uh, about election fraud and in fact she had even submitted yeah. in in defense of her sanctions trial that no reasonable person could believe a word she was saying and that kind of evidence is what you could use. To 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 go toward intent, uh, d- do you think they did that in the Elizabeth Holmes trial?
3: So here's the problem: you have two elements of wire fraud, and this is where the Elizabeth Holmes evidence uh, looks to be dramatically different from Sydney Powell. I think the Sydney Powell case is much stronger, at least on the face of it, from what I've seen. Um, and again, we're not we're not privy to see everything that's going on. Um, but however, there are ch-
0: no, we don't even have charges in the Sidney Powell case right. yet, but so. but it
3: just looks really bad on the face of it.
0: Where's Elizabeth Holmes? I was honestly
3: a little surprised that they brought criminal charges against her because of these two elements of wire fraud. So really quickly, there are four elements of wire fraud. The first is that the defendant knowingly uh, participated in devised intended to devise the scheme or plan to defraud. OK, that's element one element two. And this is where it starts getting really important. Element 2 is the statement made or facts omitted as part of the scheme were material. So that means if it's if it's a if she lied about something, but you don't consider that to be a material fact that convinced the investors that was a key part of the investors decision to invest money into Theranos, mm-hmm. you already lost then. If you can't prove that it was material in this case, and it's really hard um it's not really hard like in the sydney ball case for example maybe but but or has a natural tendency to influence or we're capable of influencing a person to part with their or your property. that's the second element third element and this is the big one the intent element the defendant acted with the intent to mm-hmm. defraud that is the intent to deceive and cheat i'm reading the actual mm-hmm. jury instructions from the ninth circuit so she had to go into it knowing i am doing this to cheat somebody. So if you're working feverishly to build a blood testing device, and you there are emails even after the John Kerry Rue story broke, even after she got rid of Sonny wine, and said, we're going to fix this thing, that's a huge um, opportunity that the defense presented in this trial to show if she intended to deceive and cheat people, why was she still trying to get it to work even after the company started collapsing?
0: Yeah, this isn't like a Madoff off situation where that's right. You just take the money and don't do anything.
3: <laughs> and that one's very clear too. So this is a very compli- very complicated fraud case, you know, with tens of thousands of exhibits shown at trial. It's really, it was over a three-month-long trial. So it's very complicated, lots of evidence presented, a number of really important witnesses. Including former lab directors general uh, um, General Mattis uh, was one of the people who testified at trial. Mad Dog, um, moderate dog Mattis. Yes, exactly. He test. He had been an investor. He had served on the board. He had felt like he had been uh, misled, and uh, he so he was a prosecution witness in this case. And uh, and we had we devoted I think an entire episode to his testimony on Law Junkie Show, but. Look, this is very difficult, unlike Matt Madoff, where it's just, it's numbers. It's it's forensic accounting to show he had money coming in. He never invested it anywhere. He spent all this money on his life. Boom. Elizabeth Holmes, her salary was about $300,000 a year for a $9 billion company.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: She wasn't running off with the money. Mm-hmm. So Bernie Madoff, that's clear. Sidney Powell, <clears throat> I think there there's going to be some strong arguments on how that money was used. Um, in the Elizabeth Holmes case, it's challenging to show how she used the money for a fraudulent end.
0: A uh, legal question. The, the materiality, the material element of mm-hmm. of wire fraud, is that similar to the material element in a 1001 charge?
3: I don't know. I, I, I you know, anytime, I, I don't know, I'd have to read the elements in the, in the 1001 charge note specifically. So forgive me that I don't have the perfect answer for that. But generally speaking, material means it was important for whatever the decision was that was made. So a, a great example of that is, um, I bought a house, and you forgot to tell me that it was haunted. For example, um, is that really material to whether or not somebody would have bought the house? Well, that depends on the person and the reasonableness standard that the jury will apply. So if I am terrified of ghosts, and I'm able to present that at trial, and I have a history, and even my psychologist comes and testifies, now that's a material fact that you omitted to the average person that's probably not material. So or, for example, you know, paint was peeling in that room, and you forgot, I asked you how many times has that room been paint repainted? And you repainted it five times and you told me three. That's not material. Mm. So I'm not going to rescind the contract. Um, same thing here with the investors, at least in the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Some of these people were very serious uh, about their investment. These were legitimate uh, investors. That's all they do. They're professional investors. It's not you or me, where maybe for me, that made it, would have made a difference. For them, maybe it different, didn't. I'm I'm not sure. Mm. And we're going to find out very quickly how the jury how the jury finds in this case I think.
0: Yeah, the example I was thinking of that that we went over recently on the show is the 1001, you know, lying to law enforcement. Uh material is is the lie material is the uh the the, <laughs> the indictment of, by John Durham of of Sussman, Michael Sussman, who says he mm. materially lied because his you know, what he said to Jim Baker in a room all by himself may have changed the way the fbi does stuff maybe might have could have possibly but didn't have any concrete evidence of how it did change the fbi's um response to how they would investigate it and so the argument filed in the bill of particulars from sussman's attorney was like this isn't material on you can't it's not material if, if it might have changed the way the fbi does something it actually had to have
3: oof i i I'm not, the way Sussman's attorney described it is very good work on uh, Sussman's attorney's part. Remember, we're supposed to zealously advocate for our clients and it doesn't matter how much you hate whoever or love whoever is being charged with something. Uh, It is our jobs as attorneys if we represent somebody to do our job to our fullest capabilities. Um, But really the materiality element is typically that it has a tendency To change the outcome it doesn't actually have to change Mm -hmm. it so so when you're talking about what sussman's attorney argued it doesn't have to have actually changed the outcome of what the fbi was doing it had to have the tendency to meaning again it's this reasonableness standard as the jury is looking at it saying "Hmm, as i observe
0: this yeah that that could have changed it Reasonable. Well the other part of the arg- the other part of the argument was that uh it was material because he you know the, the FBI didn't know uh that this person was working on behalf of Clinton but actually everybody at the FBI knew that. Uh <laughs> and so oh, yeah. Um, everybody knew that. Yeah. I mean There and yeah. there's a, a million other problems with this case not just that one. I was just interested in in the the materiality part. But that, yeah, if we're going to see what happens. I I imagine maybe they're going to be off for for the next week or so. And then perhaps, you know, maybe they'll pick back up. But um, what do you think the outcome will be?
3: So I give it 30% chance she's found guilty. Uh, And I think the jury might actually do something that juries technically aren't supposed to do, but they're human beings. And so they do this type of thing, which is they maybe think she did something wrong, but it didn't rise to the level of wire fraud they might find her guilty on a lesser charge uh maybe a conspiracy count just because they're mad that she did do all of this but it didn't quite rise to the level juries absolutely have the right to do that they're not supposed to but they do
0: does the prosecution have to uh say we will we will take a lesser charge or can they just do it without that because i mean
3: so i'm sorry when i say lesser i mean of the uh, the, of the charges against elizabeth One of the less serious ones, which is the conspiracy, which ultimately, actually, technically, conspiracy can lead uh, to the same um, amount of jail time, probation, etc. But typically, that is not the case Hmm. that you're going to get a lesser charge. I think if she's found guilty of anything anyway, uh, and if she's not found guilty on all all the significant wire fraud charges, she's getting like probation and maybe 30 days at the most. She has a newborn. There's a lot of conspiracy around The fact that she had a baby through this and uh, yeah, people have a lot to say. They don't really don't like Elizabeth home. I'm not a fan of hers either, but there are companies that are now successfully doing finger poke blood tests in portable machines, including in San Diego, California is one of them.
0: Yeah. uh, Where, where I live. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you. Tell everyone where they can follow you and find your podcast.
3: Oh, uh, so it's Law Junkie Show. Uh, we're on all the major platforms Spotify, Apple. Uh, we have lawjunkieshow.com website. We take feedback there from our listeners, um, obviously on YouTube, or me personally is just at Ethan Behrman. And Twitter is my most
0: uh, common platform. Samesies, my bread and butter. Well, you have a wonderful holiday. Uh, we're going to be off next week. We will have content, everyone. Don't worry, you will get content next week. Uh, but uh, I'll be on vacation, and I hope you have some uh, restful times uh, until, until the new year.
3: Happy holidays.
0: Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. This final portion of the show is brought to you by Scribd. Streaming entertainment has revolutionized our lives. We used to wonder if there was anything good on TV. Now we have so many options, we can't decide what we're in the mood for. Remember the old song, 57 channels and nothing's on? Yeah, it's a little different these days. Same thing goes for books. Instead of standing in front of your bookshelf waiting for a title to jump out at you, sign up for Scribd. You get instant access to millions of ebooks and audiobooks, magazines, uh, journal articles dissertations court documents and more along with thoughtfully curated editors picks and smart recommendations based on what you've already read which makes choosing your next book that much easier and it's all for one low monthly price too it's the ultimate reading subscription service that lets you explore all of your interests in any format you choose for just $9.99 a month that's less than the cost of a single book I love using Scribd I get to discover must read new work from celebrated authors that premiere exclusively on Scribd and when i want to change things up i can switch between titles and genres and formats anytime on my phone tablet or computer right now we're offering listeners of this show a 60 day trial for free so go to try.scribd.com/ag for your free trial that's try.scribd s c r i b d.com/ag to get 60 days of scribd for free and today's show is also brought to you by evite you're going to have a small single household or you know like pandemic pod new year's eve get together like i am then evite to the rescue i'm looking forward to celebrating this day and i'm inviting folks over to my place and i really want it to be special so i'm not going to call them i'm not going to do a group text i'm going to use evite evite offers thousands of free invitation options all fully customizable for your occasion whether it's a birthday wedding new year's eve baby shower holiday parties whatever you're into whatever you're doing no matter how big or small you can choose a design created by their community of professional artists or you can upload your own design Evite's design templates make it easy, fun, and very simple to create an invitation. So everything you're celebrating is extra special. It takes just minutes. It's so user-friendly. And you can send the invitations to everyone on your guest list. And the coolest thing, RSVP tracking is included for free. And Evite makes it super easy to link to a gift registry or a gift list. It's all free. I use Evite for all of my meaningful get-togethers, especially at the holidays or birthdays. Uh, And I can use one of their designs, like I said, or I'm going to actually create my own. I'm going to upload it for New Year's Eve. It's fun from start to finish. Evite's very simple, easy, wonderful. It's a lifesaver with those RSVP tracking too. And Evite has helped making my celebrations extra special and they can help you too. So head to evite.com beans to choose from thousands of design options to create and send invitations for free. And if you already use Evite, just do it. Evite, E-V-I-T-E dot beans. Use our URL. Let them know we sent you. That's evite.com beans. You'll be glad you did. And happy new year. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. news, Yay, Christmas Eve good news. This should be good. I'm excited.
1: There seems to be a lot of good news. Yes, Christmas Eve edition. I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. This is great. If you have any good news you want to send in, you can send us anything pretty much. And you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. You us anything. Use whatever you yeah. want. Um, we're fine. We're fine with it, really. Uh, first up from Cheryl, no pronouns given. This is a shit kid's say. My nephew asked Alexa to play Feliz Navidad. And when it started to play, he was singing Feliz Naughty Dad. His mother couldn't stop laughing, so now we have a new Christmas song. Happy holidays to all the beans queens.
1: Feliz Navidad. Naughty dad. Naughty dad. Feliz Naughty
0: dad. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. All right. And next up, I'll take this second one here from Tom. Yeah. Pronouns he, him, dad. Allison and Amy, more thanks for the sanity that is you. Good news. I made my semi traditional holiday chocolate pie again for today's family gathering at my sister's. This is Greta Christina's chocolate pie, the spicy ooh. version. Ooh. ooh, 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 ooh. Really easy. Even I can make it. This was impossible last year due to many 2020 reasons. (laughs) So far, we're still gathering, assuming everyone tests negative. My sister even brought extra test kits in case anyone couldn't Mm. find one where they live. Nice. Send me some.
1: Nice. Nice. Also,
0: I am worried that my mom's wonderful assisted living home um, may lock her down. But so far, she's good to go. I'm also happy with the James Webb Space Telescope launch um, that has been delayed to Christmas Day. It gives me something to get up early for hmm pet tax yorkie in a blankie she's snoring <laughs> away not going to disturb her have a great holiday mm. chocolate pie. i
1: have to say i'm a little disappointed we don't get a recipe where's the chocolate pie recipe
0: i know right and where's the dog
1: <laughs> yeah where's the <laughs> dog wait where is the dog
0: wrapped up in the burrito blankie
1: oh that's cute do we get a paw am i missing it
0: maybe we get a little bit of a snoot at the top there i can't tell. oh yeah
1: can't i can't tell. tell either but hey listen we believe you tom mm-hmm. also send in that recipe we want it yeah um next up from matt pronouns he him hello beans queens i have two good news stories about thor and cleo thor is a christmas eve doggo and turned 15 this year Aww. We have had him since he was six weeks old. Our void child, Cleo, is especially good news. Last Christmas, we spent the day at the emergency vet because she threw up blood. Oh, no. Um, We went to many vets over uh, a few months span and found a cat specialist here in Ventura County. For months, she threw up daily and lost half her body weight. Good grief. We didn't think we would have her past Halloween, let alone Christmas. We have her on meds now not throwing up anymore and slowly gaining weight and always wants to cuddle now poor Aww. baby she was diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease ibs or lymphoma we know we have a limited time with her she's getting spoiled every day and every holiday she's going to have a big sweet 16 in february thank you for the shows happy holidays no oh, babies
0: yeah honey little sleepy baby <laughs> with the foot oh on my nose God, that
1: dog is just so cute <laughs>
0: Adorbs. Next up from Patrick, pronouns he and him. Dear Lima ladies.
1: Okay. Uh Ooh, I'll take that.
0: I'm just ready to pay my second installment of Pod Pet Tax. Good, Patrick, because you were about to have to start paying penalties. Um, The big gray dipshit with blue eyes is Frankie. (laughs) The little tabby girl with my girlfriend is Vin, named after Vin Venture from the Mistborn series. I've also included another picture of Eris. Thanks for keeping us both informed and relatively sane. I also have an observation I'd like to share about Louis Gomert. He's so dense that his Schwarzschild radius is easily several hundred feet. All right, nice, nice,
1: nice.
0: Oh, wow, Lu- cuties! The blue-eyed oh dipshit.
1: <laughs> dipshit. I love that. I love dipshit. Look at that last one. How elegant.
0: Oh, very How's... long neck. Very Egyptian kitty.
1: Very Egyptian.
0: Sitting up on the it. haunches too. Look, the front feet are up off the bed. <laughs>
1: yes very elegant but also scary in the middle of the night can you imagine like with that posture (laughs) getting up and you're just like "Ah!"
0: what the fuck Yeah. yeah what the fuck man sorry hilarious
1: um Gosh, well, love that. Okay, next up, no name given, Pronounced she, her. Happy holidays to the world's greatest, Beanie Babies. Oh, man, they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Beanie Babies, Lima Ladies, love it. The entire MSW network and all of you who listen every day with me, I love you all. Let's have a kick-ass 2022 and get accountability for all those who tried to take down our democracy. Amen. Yes. Anyway, I am submitting a what the mutt. Mm. This is Bella. She showed up four years ago starving and covered in ticks. She is awesome. She takes great care of her three Chihuahua brothers. Hint, she is a mix of five breeds. I'm
0: getting my pen. Wow. Okay.
1: And the second pick with her and the three boys should cover my pet tax. Again, love to all. P.S. The tricolored chai, Chi is not being left out. He just refuses to wear clothes. Oh,
0: of course, of course.
1: Love, of course.
0: All right. Let's look at oh, this wow. baby. Okay, okay, so definitely, definitely some pit bull in here. Definitely some sure. pibble, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How about a boxer?
1: Boxer for sure.
0: How for about sure. a Roddy, Maybe
1: definitely Rottweiler, and then we got to throw in the Chow Chow because you say they're in every dog.
0: Chow and a shepherd.
1: You think a shepherd? Okay, good. Well, let's look it. at those How toes. Many is that?
0: The toes are as long as my fingers, dude. Oh my
1: God, they're like fingers.
0: All right, here we go. Ah, okay. Pitbull, Chow, Roddy, hey. Staffordshire, Ooh, Terrier, Staffordshire Terrier, and Bulldog. Bulldog.
1: Okay. we didn't guess right. Bulldog.
0: We got three, though. That's pretty good. Nice.
1: Well, the the Chow Chow is like a freebie because you're right. Yeah. There's Chow Chow on yeah. every dog.
0: <laughs> Chows, man. They get around. They get around. Mm-hmm. Look at that
1: little tiny.
0: Yeah. Oh, two baby. Three tinies. Aww. Oh, my Very God. Cute. Yeah. How many dogs are in this photo? I see four now. Cute. Okay. Yeah. So cute. Oh, babies. Next up from Lisa L, pronouns she and her. And Lisa says uh, Hello, Leguminati. I recently finished Ruth Ben Giat's Strong Men after hearing her interview on your show. It's both depressing mm. yet reassuring to know that, as with other strongmen throughout history, there will be an end to Trump and the big lie. I need to believe that the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice, as MLK says. I also wanted to write in response to your interview with House candidate from Pennsylvania, Ashley Ehas. She had said something along the lines of how being pro-choice was also being pro-family. It reminded me of an anonymous post I'd read on Reddit. The person said that they were born because their mom had been able to access abortion Mm. when she was younger. I'd never heard the abortion debate framed in that way. The access to abortion allows women to be mothers when they feel ready for the responsibility. Anyway... Thank you, Dr. Allison, Dana, Amy, your guest co-hosts, and your guests, for helping make sense of the world. I've included a picture from last year of my rat, Sigurd, enjoying his Mm. portion of Christmas dinner, spinach, lasagna, and cranberry sauce. (laughs) It has since passed, but I still have two rats with whom I will share this year's Christmas dinner. All the best to everyone at The Beans and best wishes for a fantastic 2022. I love rats so much. They're so cute. I fucking love rats
1: too. Look how cute that rat is. Oh my gosh, such a tiny little portion. I don't know why. I guess because pizza rat has really... uh, (laughs)
0: changed the rules. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Has really changed the rules for all of us. So I was expecting like a full slice of lasagna.
0: (laughs) Just a giant turkey, Um, like a turkey leg in the mouth. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but you know, also New York rats are
0: different you know different special different
1: different animals i mean truly for real yeah um how cute this is (laughs) a very dainty very cute rat love it love it it. okay next up sarah lee pronouns she her hello longtime listener here almost but not quite since the kitchen table days living as i do in a conservative small town in ohio it's hard not to get discouraged about our country's future your podcasts are a, a daily gift of hope and perspective, and you get me started in the right frame of mind every day. Yeah. My family and I are doing all right, so I have, uh, so I don't have any big news. Just this little find the cat picture. I adopted Glinda from our local Humane Society shelter a year and a half ago. She's a polite little lady with a very soft meow aw, and definite ideas about her entitlement to adequate lap time and play time. <laughs> Wishing all the best to Allison, Dana, Amy, and the rest. And yeah. the rest. Linda,
0: oh, I see. I see her already. Oh, there she is. Look at that Aww. tuxedo baby girl.
1: Little taxi.
0: You're so cute. And she likes books. Yay.
1: We love a cat that
0: loves books. Absolutely. Oh. All right, <clears throat> it's time for Amy's court. Dong dong. I have a friend with a young daughter. She's very sweet. Her name is Amy. Good name. Mm-hmm. Her I've dad. Her dad sometimes doesn't call her that. <laughs> when she's very brave or kind or clever, he puts on a voice and says, "Sheera." oh shares hey to- uh, shares her toys to everyone so everyone can have fun Aww. uh or shira eats all the peas so she's even more strong and this Aww. makes her laugh and giggle so i was at this christmas bash i only showed up to honor the invitation and make an excuse to leave <laughs> and little amy was there i think she could see i was feeling blue she had a candy cane which she snapped in half and offered Aww. me the hook part when i reached out Aww. to accept it i said thanks amy and she shook her little head and came close to my ear so only I could hear and said, I am She-Ra.
1: Oh my God.
0: Oh. The case before Amy's court. Who's the real She-Ra?
1: Oh, it's Amy. Amy yes. A-M-Y, the little girl Amy. No, no, no. uh <laughs> No debate. The jury has closed the decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know legal terms, but Allison does. So. We, just do
0: a, we could yeah. just do a summary judgment filing motion yeah. here. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we don't even need to take this to trial.
1: We, we don't need to. We don't need to say this. No, this is this is an open and shut case, yeah. uh, as, as the pros would say. And oh, what a sweetheart. She sounds like such a cool person.
0: Now, you know what would be a great gift mm. for sweet little Amy is a shirt that says, I am She-Ra.
1: Oh, that would be cute. Wouldn't I would that be love
0: cool? that. I would wear the would shit s- out of that shirt.
1: I have a Shira shirt and I wear it all the time. In fact, when I went to uh, my uh, that convention in Seattle on my my first day there, I wore the Shira shirt, and all these people dressed as Shira were like, "Oh, cool Shira shirt!" And I was like, mm-hmm. "So <laughs> you don't even I know? Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea." Um, but it was very cool, and I love I love that uh, Shira is is you know inspiring this young. Lovely person to um you know do good for others and really stretch that empathy muscle. So,
0: yeah, and every yes. time she does something awesome, she you know she gets to be Shira. So that like would probably that would make me want to do good things more, more awesome often.
1: things. Yeah, wow. come on, come on, so cool.
0: Random acts That's of awesome. Shira, we'll call it. <gasps> Whoa, is that a new segment? <laughs> yeah. Hey, send in Maybe. your random acts of Shira.
1: Random acts of Shira.
0: Uh, anyway, that's it, and uh, everybody, you will actually, you'll hear me again this Sunday. I have um, the penultimate, second to last episode of the MSW Book Club. I'll be going over chapters eleven and twelve in *Here, Right Matters* by Alexander Vindman. And then January second, we do have an episode of the MSW Book Club. It's me and Alexander Vindman answering your Ooh, questions.
1: What? Yeah,
0: and then uh, also this Sunday, *Muller She Wrote*. I'm going to be talking with Asha Rangapa, one of my favorite, favorite. People. I love love her show. She is the best. Man.
1: <clears throat> um, So, okay. every, yeah,
0: everyone, I'll, I'll see you Sunday, and then I'll see you a week after that. Amy, I hope you have a wonderful holiday, and some time, good, nice time off.
1: Thank you. You too, and I'll see you soon.
0: Yeah, until then, everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. And I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero.